My name's Steph and this is Ange. Hi. Welcome to Million Miles an Hour Mum. Knowing Ange for eight years and working with her for two, I spend a lot of time with her. I think I did my first open home when she was six weeks old and the eye opener for that was like I could hardly walk at the time <laughs> and I went to an open home and then I came home and I was gone like two hours and I was like holy shit I'm in so much pain in my whole body. Mama needs a nap. Yeah that was crazy. Through this podcast I'm going to ask, prod and tease out every little thing there is to know about Angela Duncan. Mum of two, wife of one, going after a hundred deals in heels this year. We hope you find us as interesting as we find ourselves. Let's talk about family. Anyone who knows Angela Maffesioni knows you love your family. So generally speaking, what does your family look like? I do love my family. I did feel like I hit the jackpot when I met an Italian man and I had very big expectations for what family was going to look like. <laughs> but it is a smaller, small, intimate family. So I do have my husband, David. Um, I have two children, a three-year-old daughter, Amelia, and a son who's turning one this week, um, Ari. So I have one brother who I'm quite close to in his mid-20s. Um, and then my mum and dad who are still together. My um, in-laws I'm very, very close with from Melbourne. And then just my, my nan and my grandma. So yeah. pretty, um, pretty, pretty tight-knit family. Yeah. yeah, very substandard. Like you're not 14 kids at, no. in the Tari. Pretty close. And I think a lot of people ask you, what does your day-to-day look like? And we're not going to spend too much time on that. But genuinely day-to-day in the Maffesioni manner. What okay, does that look so um, I, I will come back to this, I guess, when we talk about people at work for me. But like, I'm a morning person, so <laughs> I will beat my kids up. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, so we are like dressed and in the car and lunches packed and everything by uh, by you know six thirty. We're out the door. Um, my husband obviously heads off to work. I take the kids to to daycare. Um, typically, I'm in the office by seven, or unfortunately in the gym, depending on the day, and then. Um, get started with the day. So I guess my thinking is I love to attack the day before my staff get to work, let alone the rest of the office um, and get a head start. Um, In a normal day, I try to work back to back until like three or four in the afternoon, go get the kids, go home, two little kids, have them fed, bathed, bed, you know, between sort of six and seven o'clock. And then depending on the day, a a lot of the time, especially lately, I go back to work at seven o'clock, you know, which could be nine o'clock, 10 o'clock finish. Um, I just swap with my husband as he walks in the door. So it is a pretty like crazy um, lifestyle. So it's a lot of planning. And then depending on the night, same thing Then I'll sit down before I kind of switch off for the night and plan the day, um, not only for myself for the next day, but also for three full-time staff. So it then rinse and repeat. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think a few things out of that is like when the kids are at daycare, it's quite quite easy for you to be present at Mm. work. But let's talk about the balance of like being present at home when you have got that, you know, four o'clock to six o'clock where it's all about bath time and the phone's ringing. It's pretty crazy. I think um, I said this to you in the car on the way up. There's probably two days a week where everything is seamless and it goes to plan and everything is like, okay, cool. I switched off at the right time and I was here at the right time. And then there's another two days a week where it's absolute, like it's a shit show and the phone's ringing and I'm on the phone to a staff member with like a screaming three-year-old in the back and a contract's falling over or I need to call a client like that minute. And um, it can be quite a sort of stressful situation. So I guess I try to bulletproof my day as much as possible in that when I'm at work, 
I am like laser, laser focused. focused. Yeah, <sighs> like someone's going to come up and ask me a question. I'm like, no, nah, mate, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the go. I've got my list of shit I need to get through for the day and, and nothing's going to come between me. And then like when I'm with the kids, I think I've got it a lot better now. But what I used to drop everything for... I, I either delegate that now or I, or I just don't like I realize that the world's going to keep turning because otherwise you do like curl into a ball and think oh my god like that that was nuts but I will just try to like be with them for that moment especially having a having a one-year-old that literally goes to bed at five o'clock like I have an hour with him of an afternoon and he's usually cranky as hell so it's a lot to try and jam in um but yeah just just try to be as much as present as I can be but it's little things I guess that are important to me like I don't take a phone call um that's not a you know complete urgent um call or um listen to the music music or anything on the way home like the whole drive home 20 minutes is my daughter telling me about her day which seems like a really simple thing but for me that's like what I look forward to especially after a stressful day is hearing how Piper pulled her hair like that's something that's really important to me and then especially when I'm going back to work at night um, or I have just got in the door and it's like quarter to seven is like sitting down and reading the same friggin' book every night. Like that's my moment with her where um, we can connect and kind of be really, yeah, really centered. Yeah. I think it's really cool. So I want to talk about your support system. Okay. So how you and Dave, I guess, manage and I guess, you know, parent the children, what support he gives, how, how you guys co-parent and make it work because okay. you've made comments before where you like to run your house and run your family like you do a business <laughs> and so, I do which he doesn't like oh well I've seen the calendar invites <laughs> when Dave's working late it's in the calendar but I know when you're like my entire life I guess I don't I've never worked a nine-to-five job like that's never I, I never have so I've never looked at how many hours are in a day or anything as this is a time you're not allowed to work or this is a time where you should be at work I I do what suits me and I'm like blessed I guess to be able to decide that I think it's funny that I am so dominant at work that people assume that I go home to like a pussycat house husband um who which is just the polar opposite like Dave is my equal entirely I think I was probably lucky that when I met him I was already working like 70 80 hours a week and and we kind of jumped to that bandwagon and, and that's always who I was so you kind of knew what to try and keep up with um, I think us as a balance, like, you know, running the business, and everything like, like very thankful is a very much a present dad and, and husband, and that kind of thing. We, he comes from quite a corporate background. So his main clients are CFOs and CEOs and quite um, big personalities, I guess. So that maybe helps him manage me a little bit. Um, but when it comes to like the timetables, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of organization. It's like, message emailing his boss or his PAs and things like that to coordinate when we can have a night like it is a little bit like that um probably lost track a little bit with yeah. where so I mean what what does Dave do for about like I, I think let's talk about oh, Dave no, a little I can't bit more describe what he does <laughs> it's a share strategy yeah so he kind of kind, kind of is in a sales role yeah um like as a as sort of state leadership role I guess for um you know for what he does so like has a business background has been in the same role for 13 years so he's also worked his way up from the ground which I think gives him a real appreciation of how far we both have ambitions and how far we both have goals um he has had a lot to do with managing staff and and having a a same thing an influential leader in his boss so um that's that's been a big part of us planning I think years ago when we first got together it never crossed my mind that we would work in the same business um because we are like big personality so we, we you know we, we clash like that's like no secret but I think um now as 
my goals evolve and like what we look at a lot bigger picture and now we're shareholders in, in, in multiple offices opening up and that kind of thing, then there's a real possibility that eventually he would. But we he's a really good backboard to discuss what's happening or what the pictures are um, because I, I can be quite go straight for the big picture and be absolutely like I will not take no from an answer from anyone um, except him so yeah. like that's probably where it's it's nice to have a strong personality to someone to bring you back down to ground or go have you thought of this have you thought of this because in the rest of my world I'm not interested in anyone else's opinion For sure. <laughs> yeah I think um, something I would like to really expand on is you and Dave met about seven years ago so you were about 22 yeah still growing year to year Something you've said to me a million times before was that you were selling a house and negotiating a sale in the limo on the way to your own wedding. Yeah. So I think a lot of people whose partners are in this role or they're supporting someone in a really demanding sales role is where's where are the boundaries? Where do we turn off from work? How does Dave cope with that? Because I would say he copes with it 80% of the time brilliantly and is a really good sport about it and then – something happens or you do go out for dinner and you're on your phone the whole night or you're at a kid's party and you're having to duck away and take a phone call because you just have to. Like real estate's one of those worlds where like you always are on call but you're not as glamorous as a nurse or something that's like people see as important but you do have to always be on call for people's needs. So I think like, yeah, 80% of the time he's probably a good sport but then I've become better but I'd still say there's like really bad days where you just have this obligation that you need to call those people back or you need to be available for your staff or um yeah need to take on that role and categorically you you described Dave as being really relentless when I asked you a question of you know what's it like to be married to you no I think I'm yeah I'm oh you're relentless I would say when you say what's it like to be married to me is that I'm relentless so I just don't stand still I don't relax like I just don't I don't have a switch off button and I think that would be hard because some people, you know, like I guess people just assume that there has to be a, a spot we have a downtime, but I'm the person who's up till midnight typing away on the keyboard or, hey, I've had this great scheme or I've been to work and we're going to buy this. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's a lot to to digest. But for the most part, I think that's probably the same balance of you, you'd probably like me to be a little bit less less driven, but obviously that's, that's what got us together in the same time. For sure, for sure. Let's talk about your darling children, <laughs> Amelia and Ari. So Amelia's three, mm-hmm. Ari's tw- uh, 12 months on Wednesday. Yeah. What age, I find this really interesting because a lot of people ask you about it. What age were they when they were like, back to daycare, mama yeah. needs to work? So Amelia, I think her first day of daycare was she was 13 weeks old. Um Ari was a little bit longer. I think it was maybe like 15 or 16 weeks. Um, I had planned that Ari wouldn't go to daycare till like maybe even six months, but it just didn't happen. Like I just couldn't, uh, yeah, well, it wasn't, wasn't the right, I guess, plan for me. So I think people ask that question a lot because it's really hard to leave your like a baby obviously um in someone else's care let alone like disappear for a few hours so that's been something that I think people find interesting is that I obviously I knew what I wanted to do very early on from a career point of view but um parenting and like when you so when I when you fall pregnant and you are in a career and you do have very very clear goals and you're not used to slowing down it's it's terrifying to have this whole you feel like you're at a crosswords where you do have to pick you have to pick either you have to pick one off so um that for me was a challenge then you have compiled with 
a supportive partner who doesn't want you to like do anything ill to your health or like physically do too much or mentally crash and like obviously family and all that kind of thing as well so um when when Amelia was born we kind of were playing it by ear because we had no idea what to expect um we're very fortunate that she was a good sleeper from early on I think I did my first open home when she was six weeks old and the eye opener for that was like I could hardly walk at the time (laughs) and I went to an open home and then I came home and I was gone like two hours and I was like holy shit I'm in so much pain in my whole body mama needs a nap yeah that was crazy so like but then um and I've had this conversation with like obviously my doctor post like post children as well it's like I am someone who's incredibly intuitive and self-aware of like my own feelings so um with Ari I didn't feel like I rushed back to work with Amelia like I I felt like it was the right time and I was fortunate that because I was going back to work out of want and not out of need, I was able to pick my own hours and I learned so much about uh, efficiency and, and having children changed my whole perception of time because when you don't have to be home at any particular hour and you'll just meet hubby when you get there, then you kind of are so blasé with I'll do this and I'll go for a coffee and I'll go sit down. And when when Amelia went to daycare and I remember the first couple of days I put her in and, you know, it'd be like 8 a.m., And I was planning on getting her at 11. Like the first couple of days, I just wanted a half day. And someone would come and try to talk shit with me. And I would be absolutely furious that someone would want to intrude on my day when I had these priorities. And I kind of looked at it as like, I'm here for me and I'm here for her. And if I'm going to sit around and and be leisurely, then I'll go and get my daughter and do it. So that really taught me a lot in prioritizing things from a leader point of view, but also for myself. And it made me far more selfish with my time. And over time, obviously, that's drifted on to how much I work and and how much when I try to leave um, work for the day. And then with Ari, the plan was I didn't feel like I rushed it with Amelia, but I wanted to give myself more time. And I felt like with her, I didn't know what to expect, whereas with him, I did. And I had staff and we'd improved systems and I had more capability. And I was like, maybe I will work from home and I'll just come in once a week or I'll do a couple of hours here and there when mum can watch him and I'll see how I go. And I got to probably eight to 10 weeks again. And I mean, I'd been out for listing presentations. I'd left the house, but I just wasn't in the office every day. And I went to, I guess I went to the doctor and I was like, I'm just not happy and I'm not myself and I need the the ride. I need the thrill. And I'm just, I want to say bored out of my brain. Like there's a lot going on with kids, but it's just not, it wasn't the same. And I felt like that's something that's really important to me when I am connecting with mums and working mums and that kind of thing. It's like, you have to work out what you need to make you the best version of yourself and for that I'm very aware and that is my balance between like yes you can be a mum and you can spend good time with them but I don't think being away from them makes you lesser of a mum so that's something that was like really important to me in finding that navigating that path. I think I want to touch on something you kind of mentioned and that was you weren't happy. Yeah. I worked with you and I knew things weren't clicking, but I just, I've never really heard you say those words out Mm -hmm. loud. So it's quite confronting, I suppose. But did did that come from a place of you didn't feel like your true purpose was being fulfilled? I just think you feel torn. Like, obviously you want to be at home with a baby and and in that bubble. And, um, but I think for me, it was probably more like selfishly, like an identity. Like I have done, not just done real estate, but like I've been the same driven ambitious person or whatever since like 15 that's the person you can count on yeah you and know that, her. that's who I know but then that's who you think people want to see too so I think a part of it is too like oh do I care what people think I do but um but then I think it's just getting to that point where you're like I I just am not I just feel like something's missing as well and I don't want to be away and I don't want to leave a kid but I'm also 
Like I'm just needing something more for me to feel like I've achieved my day. And that the difference would be on a day where I had to go pitch for a listing presentation and my mum would come and watch him for two hours. And I literally, from the day I left, from the time I left the door to walk back in the door was two hours. The, the difference in the way I would approach that entire day in just how I felt and how I set myself up and how I got up and had a shower and how I like it just that's just how I need to be to feel like I'm doing the right thing for myself for that day. I don't think that's really an un- uncommon theme when you speak to, no. to working mothers though. They feel like by doing that or by going to the gym, I think a lot of people yeah. do, is that that's something for them. That's, yeah. that's their time to be themselves. So that and it gives they, you more pr- – same thing. You're more yeah, precious with your time because it's sure. not just like, oh, mundane, watching for wh- when's the next nap time. It's it's like just something. And same thing, I felt like I was accomplishing something every day and that's always been something that's important mm. to me. I uh, want to th- cast your mind back to when Ari first went back to daycare and you made a comment, I'm not sure if you remember, and you said, he's just so little mm-hmm. and he's he doesn't have me. Do you, do you remember oh, I mean, that? I feel like that now, even as a one-year-old. Yeah. I, and it's hard because I'm not someone who really cares what people think, but obviously every now and then, like, your people wear you down or there's days where it hits you more than others. But, like, whether it's your fifth kid or your first kid, people asking you over and over again when you're at work and they know you had a baby, oh, where's your kid? Like, oh, well, he's at daycare. Oh, it's so little to be in daycare. Like, it hurts. Yeah. Like, you're like, yeah, I know they're little and I know that they, in a perfect world, would love to be attached to me the entire day. Like, I'm aware of that, but that's fine if then I'm going to crumble into a, a ball for them. Like you, you need to be strong for yourself as well. So I think that's hard that there are days where like, yeah, he feels so little and I don't want to leave him. And there's days where, but I feel like I have this massive appreciation that when I walk out the door and will I see the time approaching of when I'm planning on leaving for that day and I'm absolutely smashing everything to be like, the minute I leave this office, no one is waiting for my phone call. No one is waiting for yeah. a return email. My staff know that if I don't call them back for three hours, too bad, that's it. I don't care if something's burning down. I'm off the, I'm off for, yeah. for a bit until I come back on is that I'm busting to see them. I'm so excited. And like I said, Amelia can tell yeah. me the same story four times over and over again. And I can't, I'm living like, for it. like, this is riveting. Yeah, I'm <laughs> living for it. So like, I just feel like that's what I, I want, I want to miss them. I think it's important for me to miss them too. And this probably sounds really harsh, but like, obviously maybe not at three and one, but my, um, like my family growing up, my, my dad worked for himself. Or he was, a, he was a tradie and you know, he he got up at every morning at 6am, he'd come in and say good morning and he'd be off to work and he'd come home and he'd have dinner at six and same thing. Then he'd go back to work or he'd be working in the garage or whatever um, until nine o'clock at night. And that's all I remember. And when my mum was working full time, which was same thing from, from not long after, um, you know, for not long after, is that we'd go to before school care and we'd go to after school care yeah. and, and like a full day as far as I'm concerned, for as long as I can remember, doesn't start at nine till three. It was it was always a bigger day. And don't get me wrong, the end of the week when I pick them up, they're absolutely shattered. They're, you know, the end of the week is way harder for them. But it, I do believe I'm doing the right thing in like setting an example for them and building them for the real world, which is especially now, like if you're going to work for yourself and be an entrepreneur, you might have a bit more control over your your life but that's not real for most people and if you you know if if you if you work those hours that's what it's going to take to provide for your family it's an interesting concept where I think people women have children and they're like you've got to 
you're what are you doing for the next 12 months you're on this baby holiday yeah. and it's just this like 12 month I guess figure gets thrown out constantly yeah like, and that's not a reality plan? some people can't afford that some same I know a lot of people and I'm sure you sort of migrate to people on the same notion but I know a lot of people that financially could have taken years off work or they planned on having 12 months and they get to like that three month mark or that six month mark and they're scratching their heads and they're like I just am not it's just not the same. The days are flying into each other. I don't feel like I'm living for a purpose apart mm. from keeping a little child alive, which is a, which is an important deal, but it's not everyone's journey. Yeah, everyone's different. The balance of being present for the, the little moments is something I think um, when people have made those comments of like, oh, you know, your baby's really little or, or you know, don't you wish you, your phone wasn't ringing when, you you know, they're pulling themselves up for I the think first a, time? I think there's a difference too because in my role now – Anything that my phone rings for is is either fun that I really want to be involved in or it's higher level importance. Like yeah. I'm I get to pick and choose because I've built this life where I can decide what I want to deal with, which is kind of cool. But I think the same thing that comes from who I actually am and what drives me in that you said before, like I was in the limo with my bridesmaids and my dad saying, everyone shut up, I'm on the phone. <laughs> and saying to this guy, okay, cool, you've bought the house. My my manager will give you a call like in an hour and sort out the contract. And I remember um, calling my boss and saying, um, yeah, this guy, you need to give him a buzz. I'm going to text you his number and I'll send you the contract details. Can you prepare this? And he's like, what do you, I'm at the, I'm at the venue. I'm at the wedding venue <laughs> waiting you? for you. And I said, I'm in the limo. Like I'll be there in a minute. Like that's just, but that wasn't weird to me. Like yeah. not one part. And it wasn't weird to any of my friends around me either. For they sure. were just like, I mean, you're crazy, but do what you got to do. And like when I was in labor for Amelia, I was emailing a contract while I was like mid contractions. Like <laughs> that's just what, that's just how I, that's what I see when I'm in control of everything. And when I'm doing everything that, and I'm moving towards a goal, whether it's like five years away or three minutes away, that's how I feel like I'm in control and like, yeah, getting yeah. what I need to do done. I think that comes down to the boundaries. Like I know not to call you when you've left to pick up the kids, give you 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, go in, get them done, drive home, get the kids set up. If it's something urgent, it's all, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a text you and we'll deal yeah. with it when we can. But do you think that that's a lot of, I guess, how, how you cope? I think set it boundaries? up, but it's not, but the same thing too, like my marketplace is young families and owner occupiers and that kind of thing. And obviously the reason why they would pick me as the person to represent them is because we probably have quite similar um yeah families and that kind of thing but I will tell people I pick up my kids at four and I'm like I'm on the phone if you need me but if unless it's an urgent it, they'll just call you after like yeah. I'll call you at six when I can so yeah. I think you just set it up right and then it's For full sure. transfer and same thing the the work week and the work day is not the same in 2020 as it was five years ago let alone beforehand so if I'm on the phone to people at nine o'clock at night, I don't think it's selfish to not be on the phone between four and five. I absolutely think valuing your time and being present, especially yeah. on days where you know it's not a real estate day, a yeah. Sunday, for example. I don't think I've ever come in on a Monday and be like, how's your weekend? And it's not like Dave and I did this and this was our plan for the kids. And we had a whole day together and we had, you know, we had all these plans. Yeah. And I think those moments are like exactly yeah, kind of we what just keeps completely you completely focused. Yeah. Yeah. So you said the your kids don't need a perfect mum; they deserve a happy mum. Yeah. So obviously stole that off someone, but um, <laughs> Instagram quote somewhere. Yeah. But what do you need to be the best version of yourself to give to your kids? 
I think it's it, it is that happy medium. Like it is spending time with them, but it's it's time apart from them as well. And that's time, like I said, selfishly, you have to put yourself number one above everyone else. So like for me, that is feeling like I'm on top of my game in terms of being the best leader I can be to my staff, being the best wife I can be. And, and obviously like like doing, delivering on the results you promise um, to your clients. Like that's what I need to be. So that's why I am so regimented in having structures with people's roles that work for me and that kind of thing so that I can deliver on all of that. And some days that I have to be far more hands-on and some days it all happens like clockwork without me. Can you think of a time where you haven't been that version of yourself? Um, not not aside from having children, only from having newborns. And I think that's just because like it's a it's a whole hormonal roller coaster. But like there's so much going on, and there is so much expectation. And I think to like real estate's still quite a like most of the the heavier hitters, I guess, in real estate are still men. Like there's there's heaps of you know there's heaps of women, but to do to, to focus at that top level. It, it is a lot more juggling and I know there's amazing amazing dads but I just still can't really believe that most are the same expectations as the mum to like kind of get everything done and that kind of thing so um, I don't think there's too many times that I haven't felt like myself as I said it, more than ever it's probably just more that trying to figure out when you go back to work and what that looks like and in what capacity and then knowing that there's days where you're like nah not it's not happening today I can't or days where you're like oh my god I have to be out of here this is crazy mm. Do you have role models? Like where where do you, where have you kind of, I guess, developed this attitude? Has it been a trial and error when Amelia was born? And uh, well, you said that, you know, like it, it got different with Ari because you kind of had a level of expectation and that and that changed because Ari was the second. But has there been, have you worked with a lot of mums? I don't know or? that it's a role model. I think, uh, you know, within our, we're in a very big office. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of mums. I, I think you just pick up bits and pieces as you go, like no matter who you talk to. And I think too, it's knowing that, like everyone's going to struggle with what they want to do. There's people that want to stay at home with their children for three years and they can't. Like mm. that's that's a that's a pole you know polar opposite, but it's a reality for a lot of people. So it's just knowing what's what's important to you and how do you create a life where you can do that. And I know that that's something like I said with the time management. But when I had a million, I was like, oh, I always want to have more than one. It was like, okay, well, I need to make changes really quickly because. In a in a in the world where I worked eighty hours a week, that that's not functional anymore. That's impossible. I'm not. I can't do that. But I can potentially tick off other things and and run the week a little bit differently. Mm. You said that when you um, were first pregnant with Amelia, mm. um, you were in your sales manager's office and you were like hysterically crying because you were pregnant and so I I found out change. I found out pretty early um, that I was pregnant with Amelia and I. Walked into my manager's office because I'm I can't keep a secret to save myself like that is I'm the I, I literally I can't lie I can't do anything it's a rage across my face so I knew that I mean we're we're very very close like so I walked in I sat down and you know like he has four kids like there's the, the very big family um, drive in our office anyway and I said oh, I'm pre I'm pregnant he's like why are you crying <laughs> it's like I you know I know like this is what you want it's I'm exciting. like I know I said I am just terrified and I guess. Probably from a, probably from an ego point of view as well. I, the first thing I could say was, I'm going to tell you right now that I won't have anyone tell me that my career is all downhill from here or that this is it. Like that I have to slow down because I, like I'm 25. Like I can't. Like the, the the thought of that just absolutely is tearing me apart. And I'm not even six weeks pregnant. So like that was good. I guess get that out in the open. And that was something I had to kind of work out. And I'm not sure where that came from. Like obviously that's. Uh, 
maybe been around other mums and had a, heard people concern or like seen other people where they feel like they did have to slow down. So you were worried that it was basically there, would, there, there would have to be a compromise and yeah. that compromise was I can't grow, I can't continue, yeah. um, my business is going to change di- and I wasn't willing to I wasn't willing to compromise at all because I, same thing I'm like I'm 25 like this is my dream job I'm and not finished yeah I've I haven't even got started like so that was something that I probably had to overcome myself to be like okay well how does the future look and that took ages to overcome until probably started to get in the mojo when Millie was probably six months old and then obviously start thinking about a second baby like okay cool well now I've got the right staff system and I've got the right support system and I think that if one does the, if one works then hopefully two will as well <laughs> so what do you think you look back and go that was different that worked that didn't work what would you say to yourself looking back what three and a half years ago four years ago and saying well you shouldn't have been crying you should have been excited no you know, I think like- I actually don't know that I would say I, like I think it's good to be scared I think in anything that you do if you're not scared, then you probably don't care about enough. But I think you have to go through that to look at what you can change and be aware of it. Uh, but I probably same thing. Well, same as anything. Like just probably too hard on myself in terms of um, expecting that I was going to just have it all figured out as quick as anything when it's such a big life change that I'd never come anywhere close to before. Yeah. I think as well, give yourself a bit of credit. You run. You know, not everyone having a baby works, you know, huge amounts of hours and, you know, it's a lot to try and fit in when you, I guess, in your current situation are like, how am I going to make time to care for another human being? I think the thing is too, like, I, I think people assume that, like, I love working. I absolutely love it. But there is parts of it where because I've built this business like it's comes almost from obligation like sometimes I don't want to deal with that I just don't want to go back to work that day I'm absolutely buggered I want to just curl up with the kids in the bath like obviously but there's a part of it where you signed up for this life that you have to run with it too so it's it's just I guess yeah mentally building your strength that you can cop those days as good as the good ones for sure Resentment towards your job, whether you are in real estate or something else when you become a parent, I think is real because there are certain times where your kid's absolutely having a meltdown or things are happening at work and you need to shift the balance maybe more towards one side than than the other. But how do you not, as a mother, when your priority is always your children, how do you not start to resent your occupation? I think you do. I think it'd be crazy not to. But same thing, I guess... I'm so thankful for so much that I have in my life because of the work I put in. And like we we're saying this year, obviously if we do everything we do and like double my business, like people, someone made a comment about being like overnight success, which like really ground, like that wound me up like no tomorrow because I was like, oh yeah, like 12 years to be an overnight success. Like it's, it's not like that. But I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, maybe don't want to get into real estate, but are like, oh, how do you just get passionate for your job? Or how did you know what you want to do when you're 15? And I think something that's really bizarre to me is I think that people expect that they're going to love what they do and they're going to want to do the same thing. And they're never going to have a second thought every single day of their life. And I'm someone who's obsessed with what I do. And there's still days where I want to throw my phone at the wall and be like, 
fuck, I could be a journalist. I could do anything. Like I'll run, mm. I'll open a gym. Like I'll just do something. <laughs> like you just have this feel like, just oh, this is just too much. I, I'm minute. over it. Yeah, give me a minute. Especially because I have no off switch and someone will call me at 10 o'clock at night and someone will call me at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning when it's my kid's birthday for sure and I'm going to answer that phone call. So like I, I think there is a resentment, but I think that there's this like you're allowed to have a bad day, whether that is when you're at home or whether it is when you're at work. Like it's okay that you have a day where you go – that was a write-off and I'm the first to be like yesterday was a write-off and today needs to be to, like twice as good just to make up for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's probably what it comes down to. So when you're describing your family, like I know you're close with your parents, with mm-hmm. your brother, how do you not get, th- you know, caught up in your tornado of a life, which you constantly refer to as a tornado and it's so accurate But how does that not just become like, oh, my God, three months have gone by and Dave and I have not really had a discussion for an hour without any any interruptions. This is going to sound really, like, horrible. But, like, I I mean, I'm a priority person, but I will write on my to-do list, call mum, text my brother. Like, literally, I'll put, like, have a drink with Dave tonight. Like, I will literally, and he won't know that it's on there. (laughs) But it will be like, I need to be, oh, I was, like, crazy last night. I need to, like, have a minute and not be on my phone and, like, put time into my marriage or I need to drop in it I'll put in the diary I need to drop and see my nana for an hour sorry guys I need to just get out of here she needs like that so have your priorities like it was on my vision board last year I'm a vision board person it was on my vision board last year to it literally said um take care or like yeah take care of my mum and dad and my in-laws more because I felt like the year before had been a blur and we hadn't been present enough and that was something that I wanted just to be like in front of my face every day to be like, have you checked in? Have you given, have I given June a call this week? Like, have I sent photos to my dad who hasn't been able to see the kids for two weeks? Like just little things like that. And I had a, and I had on there to say, um, like check in on my brother because he works FIFO and it's a lot. And it's someone that I'd been worried about, you know, for various reasons over the years. So things like that, they're important to me. So you make time. And mm-hmm. I said this to you before, as I guess in the same token of, having never really worked nine to five is like, like there's no rules. Like you set your own rules. You don't just get home and go, I'm tired. So I'm not going to function now from six o'clock in the night. Like you can do everything. And if you set it in a, set it in a schedule where what you need to do is at the top of your list, then you're going to get through everything. I mean, I love that you said make things a priority because the diary could be hectic, but you've committed to going. If my mum needs me for lunch that day, I'm going for lunch. Absolutely. No matter what happens, it will just kind of, you know just figure the world and this is same same thing that I learned from the kids like the world keeps revolving and that's one thing that was a real culture shock for me with Amelia was like oh my god I'm never gonna sell a house again I'm like never gonna have this crazy good income that I've had it's it's all gonna drop off it's gonna dry up and that was something I had to build and go oh my god people still sell houses with pregnant women like it's just (laughs) such a it was such a wild awakening um and it obviously made me tougher but like that was that was one thing. Like people leave voicemails and you can call them back in an hour. Like where, it's just, okay. Where does that complex come from of like I'm a mum, I... No, I think it's just from like, I mean, obviously being in sales, but like customers, like, but just like being a people pleaser, like trying to make sure that everyone is happy at one time at the, at the sacrifice of yourself. So then when you get a bit, and it comes from being older, you get a bit more mature and wise and that kind of thing. But like now I'm like, no, it's okay because if I'm happy, then I can better look after not just my kids, but my clients and my staff. And like, then you spend less time putting out fires and shit hitting the fan because you've maintained everything in the first place. Less time worrying about things that actually no one cares about. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from you for some weird reason. Yeah, absolutely. I love your opinion on 
not your opinion, but I guess your mentality, which is the whole point of this conversation, when things aren't going right and you're struggling and you still have to get up, glow up, sort your life out. I think a question that I get asked a million times is um, how, like, how do you do, how how do you work full time? Like, don't worry about being a boss or anything like that. How do you work full time with little children Mm. and um because your kids are your, your kids are teething your Amelia, kids are, Amelia was a sleeper but yeah. Ari was not yeah. <laughs> uh, he still is not so I think and there's, there's a couple hats on this because one hat is like me as a mum who needs to function and has and doesn't drink coffee and has has um has like a child to care for and then the other hat is like as an employer and as a colleague and someone in an office where there's a lot of women and there has always been a lot of new mums come back to work and a lot of them have come back at four or five months you know around that sort of um, period. So I have an imp- interesting opinion on this because I just don't believe ever in like wallowing in my own pity, so to speak. Like I think there's a difference in... You were so cautious saying that. I was that. so cautious. I feel, I feel nervous saying this. So there's a real difference. There's people who are really struggling and you have like postnatal depression and you have like it's a it's an absolute slap in the face and you feel like you've been hit by a train when you have a newborn or when you have a baby that's not sleeping. You're like, completely not coping. Uh, it's it, a, it's it, a that thing. is a world. And don't get me wrong, I am the friend that gets a text message at 11, a, 11 p.m. at night, you know, from a friend saying like I can't get this kid to sleep, like I'm, di- I'm dying or I think I need to give up breastfeeding to a two-week-old baby or like I, I'm the person that people like I'm very happy to talk to you and support you through whatever. Like that's not it. But I'm talking about when – People tend to kind of harp on about stuff and I have a hard problem with that because I'm kind of like, get on, get it done. Like what is the point of whinging? And I don't want to say that like there's not a time and place to whinge and I have best friends that I whinge and say, geez, I hate my kids today. You know, like there's always a day for that. But I'm talking about when you come to work and everyone's tired, mate. We all have kids here and no one's getting any sleep and that possesses your whole day and you can't get any work done because all you can think about is you haven't had any sleep. And I think... And I don't know why I take it so personally, but I have a lot of friends that struggle with infertility. And that really is always in the back of my mind when you have someone who has a beautiful, healthy child who isn't getting any sleep, who that's what they want to talk about for four hours of your day. And you're like, I get it, but that is the life you chose. And I chose to be a working mum. So I have to get up and show up and dress up and get on with my day because that's the life I chose I didn't chose not that I just chose to be a parent but I chose to be a working parent so there's going to be days where that sucks and that's okay but if you mention it one more time I'm going to slam the door in your face like it's just so that's a part that I like I said it's very different from people that you know really need help to just people that want to whinge Mm. so my whole attitude is that when you're having a bad day or when when you're not you just need to just to kind of push through focus on the stuff you do have to get done focus on the things you can change Like, you're not going to be able to change that until you get home tonight. So, like, get through the day. I think it comes down to a a few things. And one of those is it categorically goes against the type of person you are. And, I mean, there's definitely been days where you've sent me a text message in the morning like, cool, cool, cool. Ari hasn't slept (laughs) a single single thing. I can barely see straight. Yeah. But we've got this on today. So, how how is that going to tackle? Like, you are so adaptive. Or I say I'm going to mention this once and I'm going to be short with everyone today because I'm a hot minute away from snapping. But – that's when we're going to mention it once, give me a little bit of leeway. Other than that, we're not talking about yeah. it again. Yeah. And that's a problem I've had, I guess, you know, with, with staff that have either worked for me or been colleagues in the past when like, oh, I get it made, but I don't care. I'm yeah. your employee. And if you came to work and said, I've had a four day hangover, 
you wouldn't care. So it's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah within reason. Oh, for yeah. sure. I think there's an element of you want people who are struggling to communicate with you, but there is a level of like let's take let's, accountability like that you've still yeah, got a job to do yeah and everyone's everyone's got their stuff going on at home like they yeah. really do and not just from a mum point of view either no, I think that's just not in general. just it you, like I've come in and said to you as a friend I need five minutes of, of friend time we need yeah. to just car park everything because yeah. I'm I, 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 I need on. you and and you're there yeah. and we talk about it and then it's like great let's go into to full work mode yeah well you're an amazing mum and Thank you're an amazing you. boss and you do Thank an amazing you. job. And I know Dave thinks you're a great wife. And he's a <laughs> great guy. If you're listening, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I'm sure you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. To give Ange more Insta followers or to learn anything more, subscribe, like and hit those show notes below.